0: This is The Rich Eisen Show. Michigan was always number one for me. Aiden
1: Hutchinson the ball. The Rich Eisen Show.
0: When I visited Michigan State,
1: I got so sick. You know, Michigan State is just poison for the soul. It's your body rejecting
0: that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Today's
2: guests, Pro Football Hall of Famer Rod Woodson, Louisiana running
1: back Imani Bailey, Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman, Cardinals linebacker Chandler Jones, plus actor Zachary Levi.
0: And now, it's Rich Eisen.
1: Hey, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, right in the middle of the week, right in the middle of this week in the month of December 2021. Happy Hump Day, everybody. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you, sir? What up, Rich? What up? DJ Mikey D, hey. all locked in and focused for this three-hour hey program. Good to see you, sir. Good how are you? Rich. you got how your you coach coming on, Marcus yeah. Freeman on the program. I'm on Marcus Freeman. <laughs> you know, you should check him in. By the way, hello, TJ Jefferson. To Good to see you, sir. Good to see you, Rich. It's, it's kind of funny. Uh, I, if, do you remember Chris Brockman way back in the day? Way back. Way back in our Rich Eisen podcast oh, days. Way back in our Shower Rich Eisen turn. podcast days when we were doing it as a tv show this is this is when we were doing it as a tv show on nfl network this is 2011 2012 it was during the lockout when i remember i got a call from nfl programming saying would you mind doing your podcast as a tv show we're looking for some cheap programming during the during the lockout And my answer is that I will do it as long as you call it inexpensive programming. (laughs) And then (laughs) the budget budget supported that notion. Isn't this after you got Uh, initial pushback on doing it to start with? No, I never got initial putback on doing it to start with uh, Steve Bornstein, who was in charge of NFL Network at the time. I went to him and said, I want to do a podcast. He said, how much is it going to cost me? And I'm like, it's going to cost you nothing. He goes, go do it. We oh, do you yeah. like, <laughs> What are you even asking for? That was, that was the only pushback okay. was, how much is it going to cost? Anyway, <laughs> any rate, uh, when we, we we did the TV show back in the day, um, way back in the day, uh, Brady Hoke called in oh, yeah. as the University of Michigan head mm-hmm. coach, New University of Michigan head coach. And I had... Del Tufo answer it to say this is going to be the coach of your nightmares. Uh, so you answer the call, Notre Dame fan. I want you yes. to hear that voice first. And Marcus freeman's is going to be joining oh, us now. Anyway. <laughs> number two, he'll be joining us now. In number two uh, on this program, uh, the guy's playing Kurt Warner in the movie about Kurt Warner and Brenda Warner's life, American Underdog. Zachary Levi in hour three. That'll be good times. Chandler Jones, in hour number three as well. He's uh, taking on the Rams on Monday Night Football, the Week 14 finale. It's 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 one of uh, a handful of games this week between teams that are leading the division, playing the team that's two games behind them. You got that in the NFC West with the Cardinals and the Rams. You got that in the AFC West with the Raiders and the. Chiefs, you've got that in the AFC North between the Ravens and the Browns. you got that in the NFC East between the Cowboys and the Washington football team. Just an interesting anomaly or nugget about week 14 that's going to begin tomorrow night between the Steelers and the Vikings, two teams that are sniffing it and uh, and trying to stay relevant as we have hit the final quarter, if you will, of the 17-game regular season where after this week, everyone will have only four games to go. This is the last bye week, and we all know the Patriots are on it as the one seed in the AFC. And that's kind of where I want to begin as well, because when you talk about the Patriots these days, you're always talking about Brady, and you're looking at through the prism of post-Brady, right? And the question about the bucks that nobody's talking about this year, 0. 0. 0. 0.0.0, if there's such a thing, the full Tarski that's been uh, boosted. Right, the boosted Blutarski,
3: boosted
1: Blutarski. <laughs> zero point zero. <laughs> yeah, the full Blutarski on a booster is yeah. zero point <laughs> zero point zero. Okay, and so, um, nobody's talking about could this be the end of the Brady era? Could he walk away at the end of this year? Because we're all in on Brady, and every single time that we think he might think about no longer doing it. You know, nobody really ever thinks about it because we just think he'll just keep going on and on and on and on forever. And why am I bringing this up? Well, he's the sports person of the year as voted by Sports Illustrated. He was awarded that last night. There was a John Wertheim piece that was um, posted. That's the way it goes these days, right? <laughs> Normally you'd wait for it to come in the mail. Yes. Uh, when we were kids. Yes, kids. The periodicals used to arrive in mail. Every week on a Thursday was amazing. It was amazing. You couldn't wait to see what the cover was. Thursday was the best day of the week. Oh, my gosh. Here comes my sports But So uh, an article posted in it, and sure enough, you know, Brady does touch upon the end of his career in this article, which is why I'm bringing it up. Trust me. I'm not sitting here trying to push him out the door or thinking that he's staring at the door or anything like that. But we do have the Buccaneers – finishing up their season with five weeks to go for them and then a postseason to go. So we could be the last 10 weeks of this season for the Bucs if they make it to SoFi Stadium up the road here. And so put it all together and maybe, just maybe, he does win it, goes back to back one more time. He's the last two quarterbacks to do it, and he does it for two different teams. That's never been done. I mean, more never been done before. Like, how many more can you possibly have Certainly if the winning doesn't give you the same feeling as it used to. What do I mean by that? The number of times in my tenure with the NFL Network, now 19th season, 18 years and counting, the number of times where I have heard from an old school, longtime, tenured coach in the league as to why... They no longer wanted a coach anymore. And you want to talk about coaches. They, didn't, they don't ever get it out of their blood. I mean, never, ever get it out of their blood. It never leaves their blood. The competitiveness, the 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 wanting to coach, just the, the wanting the adrenaline of a game. I mean, Mooch, whenever I see him on the sideline, he's still bending over, hands on knees, slapping at the hip of the ref that's right next to him, trying to point something out on the field. Jim Mora came on the show just a couple weeks ago when he just got the job at UConn talking about how he missed it and then his dad is calling him up, giving him all sorts of advice and telling him this, that, and the other thing because his dad probably hasn't gotten it out of his system sitting up there in in uh, in the desert here in Southern California coming out of the movie theater with his wife at one o'clock in the afternoon after watching whatever foreign movie he's watching. Can't get out of your blood. And Brady... Feels like the same. Just He can't get out of his blood. But the one thing that these old school coaches say that when they knew it was time to get out is that the losses, the feeling of the losses lingered much longer than the feeling of a win. That the depression of a loss couldn't couldn't get it out of their system when they wanted to. And a win just felt like, okay, What next? And this quote from the piece in Sports Illustrated just jumped out at me. Quote, Brady said this, I think if anything, the most challenging part is the emotional aspect of football for me. When we lose, it's depressing. When we win, it's a relief. It's not like the joy, the happiness. It's a relief. Because when we win, sometimes just winning isn't good enough for you because you expect perfection. And when you expect perfection and it's less than perfect, you feel like there's a down part to that. That quote leapt off of my phone and slapped me across the face. I'm like, wow. Don't discount that. You cannot discount that. He is the ultimate competitor. He is the greatest winner in the history of the sport in which it's all about team more than any other. I know basketball, you got to have five on the floor and hockey and baseball. When you stand alone at the plate, it's time for individual team, uh, individual achievement. But when you're in the field, you're part of a team to use the phrase from the untouchables. Ultimate team sport, football, ultimate. He's the greatest winner. In that, and he's saying that winning's a relief now. I heard that. I thought to myself, okay. Put a pin in that as we go about our business, the rest of this year. Put a pin in that the rest of this year. I'm telling you, man. Because when he sits there, I mean, you, you I, I just think it looks so easy, doesn't it? It looks effortless. Yep. It looks effortless. He's made it look that way for a long time. But now you know why he's finished with a Monday night destruction of the Giants and he looks kind of miserable up there on the podium. They only won by 20. They could have won by 30. And that's the reason why he does win so much. It's 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 the compartmentalizing of the game that sounds, you know what, a lot like Belichick. Where you got to do what you need to do to win the snap. And then you need to do what you need to do to win the next snap so you can win the drive. And then you need to do what you do to the next snap and the next drive so you could win the quarter. And then you do that so you could win the half. And you do that so you could score before the end of the half and then get the ball to start of the second half. And then you could do that to the next drive to win the quarter and then you win the game. Doesn't sound very fun. It's fun to put the rings on. I'm just trying to get everyone to understand it. When I saw that, that really spoke to me about all of us needing to, when we watch Brady, um, soak it in, man. This is a non-story for so many people, and I totally get it, and I'm not trying to stir anything up. I just saw that, and I said, I've seen that before. I've heard that before. And I've heard that from coaches that are like, I got to get out. So, I bet she's still enjoying the endeavor with so much going on. But this is what goes on between the temples of the greatest of all time. And I'm sure, I'm sure this week, Bill's fans don't want to hear it. (laughs) Uh, You know what I mean? They don't want to hear it. Right. Because this is coming for them. I mean, of all the times for the Bills to walk into this situation.
3: Because
1: <laughs> if, if you know, the thing that would light the flame even more if it needs it anymore is if Brady's really thinking like this, is, this could be it. I don't know. I find that hard to believe anyway. I just think he's at such a top of his game. The conversation is always when do you walk away when you've got more left in the tank or when... So you know that you don't run out of gas in the middle of a season, pulling over to the side of the road, or you just you just go to your gas. You go like you go like uh, like like Kramer trying to test drive a car. Just yeah. keep going until you're on empty.
2: I mean, Brady never struck me as the quit when there's still something left, or he would have done that. Who the hell knows?
1: After the Rams, do you think Brady's the type of guy that's like, yeah, the winnings are relief, man?
2: No, but Brady has also always said he'll keep playing until he sucks.
1: He doesn't suck. He's number one in touchdowns, number one in yards, number one in completions. He's not anywhere close to sucking. Yeah. He's He's not even in the realm of uh, sucking. He's not even in the area code. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I just kind of wanted to bring everybody's that to everybody's attention. Yeah, it's interesting. I read that article, and when I finally saw that, I'm like, whoa, okay. That's what it's like to – because it looks easy, and it looks fun. He's bashing heads with Gronk, and he's having the Tommy Gronky videos and all that stuff. That's probably also help keeping him young
2: and keeping that part of the game fun yeah, for but him. It's like,
1: hey Tom, like, you know. Just uh un- understand this. I, I, is anybody out there sitting there after that Giants win thinking that Brady's less than? They might be thinking that the Bucks are less than. Maybe. And that's why I said coming back here that after that game I'm like I looked at it from the Giants' point of view. That, hey, man, this is the guy you beat twice with Eli and your greatest moments in the last quarter century have been beating this guy. And that's where your franchise should be at the level of beating somebody like Brady, even if their team is less than. The team collective, though, can go out with a quarterback like Eli and beat him. And now you're, you're, you're fodder for trying to be fine-tuned against and Brady's not happy enough that he didn't fine-tune more than 20 points for a margin of victory. Maybe you just flip it the other way around. He's sitting there like, I just won a Monday night game. And we won by a bunch, and I'm not happy. Perfect guy to ask coming up, Pro Football Hall of Famer Rod Woodson. Uh, I wonder what he would have to think about all that. The Steelers are first up for the Vikings tomorrow night. Does he think that they're done? Every single time that we keep on piling dirt on the Steelers' grave, they get up like the Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) So they're in the mix here. They're in the mix. We'll talk about that with Rod Woodson. Uh, Zion Williamson, there's some uh, word on when he might be coming back. The Lakers are kind of got up like the Undertaker against Brockman Celtics last night.
2: Oof, ugly.
1: Yeah. Ugly last night. What, the uh, Celtics loss or your uh, Twitter exchange with O'Shea Jackson? hmm <laughs> Um, Both. Similar? Yep. Yeah, okay. Both. Very good. Yep. Oh, that happened. I don't know if you <laughs> you taking L in that, Chris? I no. That. Let's not get into that because I want to be on time for Rod. And I think that's <laughs> the. We're both the, taking L. Oh, <laughs> <the>, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, there's a lot on the, on, on the rundown today. You two at eight four four two zero four. 204 rich being the number to dial here on the Rich Eyes Show. Pro Football Hall of Famer and good friend of mine, Rod Woodson, when we come back here on the show.
2: This is the Rich Eisen Show.
3: Back
1: here on the Rich Eisen Show. Boy, we're 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 all over the map here, huh?
3: I think that's what people like. Hmm.
1: Eight four four-204 Rich is the uh number to dial. Uh, we're uh trying to find Rod Woodson. He said he would do it, so uh he's always, <laughs> always <been there. laughs> Finding, finding, right. finding Rod uh, Woodson. Uh, we have movie. an APB uh, out. out on, Rod. You know, a pro football. He might be favor. hiking somewhere in uh, the Vegas mountains somewhere. So, we'll
3: <laughs> <Rod>. former Purdue <laughs> Boilermaker answers to the name of
1: Rod. Um, so, <laughs> this is this is again the difference between football and basketball, right? It's just like the Lakers. If the Lakers were an NFL team, if the Lakers were an NFL team, it would be. It, would it be the Cowboys on steroids? Would it be? Ooh.
3: And if also, the if you're
1: Lakers looking at team of the team, season, it would only be
2: like week five,
1: right? right. You know but doesn't matter. So, right now, the if the Lakers were an NFL team, yeah. and it was week five. They'd be two and three, right? In a championship season, right?
2: Pretty much, yeah.
1: Was that an accurate description? I think so. What bro. if the Cowboys started two and three this year? Well, we didn't. So let's not even think about it. What if <laughs> the Cowboys? <laughs> that's what if the, the Cowboys <laughs> had started? What if the Cowboys had started two and three, and then you got to figure out what? Uh, who would be the Warriors and the Suns in this equation?
2: So NFC, so Packers, Packers and Bucks. Yeah, but Bucks, the whole thing Bucks, is that. It, yeah, you, but Packers. no, you'd have
1: to choose somebody though in your division though that they're Ooh. losing. That they're oh, okay. losing right, in their right, own right. division. Okay. This is why That's this what I'm, trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to give everybody and and and. An, 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 an equation. It's certainly because, again, I've got and I'm wired. I, I'm wired for football. I'm wired for football. So when I see the Lakers struggling and they're what, thirteen and 13 twelve, and, 12, and I'm like, five, I'm like, okay, 30. so so what? Yeah, it really. Honestly, doesn't matter. It really I, I really, doesn't matter, I honestly think so. What? And I know that the Suns ripped off eighteen in a row, and my Golden State Warriors have Steph. You know. Hitting nothing but net from, uh, from parts of the arena, you know, and in, in hallways and stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I know. But to me, it's kind of like they'll figure it out. And at some point, if they're healthy, they'll hit April. And, you know, can they win a playoff game in a road if they have to? To flip the series back to them as yeah. a home court of I I, Honestly, so. like, it's such a long season. The hand-wringing. Over the Lakers, to me, is just it's, it's it's mind-boggling. Like Frank Vogel on the hot seat. Yeah, big time. You hear what Barkley said? It's like I'd blame it on Anthony Davis. You're one of the top five players right. in the world. Yeah. You start playing, blame it on Vogel. You know, and what about their bench and what have you? I that may Defense be a problem. rotation. That may be a problem. That may be a problem for them in the long run. You know, maybe or do they, you know, is Anthony Davis like the uh, the cocoon rock at the bottom of that uh, pool and everybody else who's old Around. becomes young again? Around. And by the way, and LeBron has not he, he's on his uh 18th straight season of averaging 25 points or more. Yeah, he's really turned it on the last five yeah, years,
2: yeah. So, I it's coming back, and
1: and to me, in of the Lakers games that Lakers, Lakers. Uh, games that I have watched, of the Lakers games that I have watched, I haven't watched them all, that last night looked to be Westbrook's coming out party. Like, that was his best performance as a Laker yeah, last night. Yeah, it seems night. like
2: it's the best of their big three that no, and, played and, together, too.
1: And you look at his stat line, 24-11-3, that's not like, well, triple-double, Russ. But I I think they don't need triple-double, Russ. No. That triple double Russ would be a problem for this team. Yeah, they don't need triple double Russ. You need, you need 30 point LeBron, and by the way, 17 and 16 Anthony Davis and Russ. That's the, that's the stuff right there. I think what
2: stood out to and me. And Tatum, the most went, off, last Tatum went off,
1: too. So you get, let, let Tatum go off. Right, right. What
2: stood out to me the most about the Lakers was look at LeBron's efficiency 13 for 19, 30 points on 19 shots. Like, tough to beat when that's happening. Yeah, you know, we just don't have the firepower. Boston, specifically, no Jalen Brown last night. So, Okay. Kind of expected.
1: So, I'm not, I'm not nervous about them. I, I mean, about their ability to, to make the playoffs and maybe go on a run. I, I, I would be concerned that they're not as good as the Warriors. Warriors or the, the Suns. Suns.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or Utah, too, probably. I think what, people ha- what has people concerned with that is that it's taken 25 games. LeBron's been not at the peak health-wise. Anthony Davis has been up and down, and Russell Westbrook is just kind of doing his thing. But, you know, if you look at the heat when they were constructed with LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Bosh, they started 9-8, and eight, and then they got it going. It's taken the Lakers a little bit longer than that right. to kind of because get it going and it has
1: everybody I mean, freaking out. You're, you're dropping somebody. That's only seven so, games more, though. What? He's he, hes 25 games mark. You're, dro- like you're dropping somebody who's very ball-dependent in uh, Russell Westbrook in there.
2: Right. And, he's and with
1: Carmelo in there. He's been great.
2: He's probably yes. one of the main reasons why they even have 13 wins.
1: He's been the most consistent of all of them. Right, Answering the bell and... And being consistent. So can you say the Lakers are back? You know what I mean? Lakers are back. That's what I'm saying. Like, if this was football, people, but people treat the Lakers like it is football. Oh, yeah. Because they've got to be, they've got to be where the Warriors and the Suns are. Or should be. Maybe not. Maybe not. What about your Celtics, though?
2: Yeah, just don't think we have it. We're kind of a middle-of-the-pack Eastern team. I think we'll be lucky to get into the...
1: What are they missing? Jalen Brown's health?
2: Seems like it so far. Seems like it. Right? Seems like they need kind of a third guy. I don't know if Tatum and Brown together is enough to kind of be a top-three team in the East.
1: You know what? They, they uh, They need someone else's number zero, right?
2: I think they need Dame Willard.
1: (laughs) <laughs> How many zeros can you have on the team, right?
2: Well, double zero is retired.
1: Ah, uh, it's Robert Parrish.
2: And then Jeez. zero is, is Tatum right Correct. now. Correct. So
1: can you go triple zero? Triple zero. Yeah.
2: Never been done before? I'm not I mean, sure. Triple zero would be cool.
1: That's a yogurt, right?
2: Triple zero is a yogurt? I don't know. I have no idea. I think so. uh, I mean, obviously, Dame would be amazing. I think that would take a. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what a conversation that, that is right now! What
1: a conversation that is right now!
2: I just want to see Jalen Brown healthy. I want to see the team at full yeah. full strength, and then I can.
1: Honestly, what a conversation that is right now! That they're bounced their general manager,
2: and now CJ McCollum C. has like a a lung long issue.
1: Oh my god! And so, any thought of him being on the block, see ya. Yeah. And and as constituted that team is a whole heck of a mess right now
2: disaster And like we talked about yesterday I mean, what is the fix they're not going to win anything so just blow it all up trade everybody start over
1: <laughs> i know they have a new coach I'll but trade it's them all. i know they have a new no, coach and Chauncey booths no, but it's clearly stop. not working no, no, stop stop it's stop, clearly stop, not working stop you know what's not working your attempt to try and influence anything from that microphone or speak anything into existence from that microphone, I don't think Damian Lillard's going anywhere anytime but who's soon.
2: who's joining him that's going to make any type of difference to make a dent in the Western Conference standings? Who? He has to be the piece to join someone
3: yeah. else. It's like, like we said in our podcast yesterday where I said hey. specifically like you know, at some point, Dame, legacy is going to come to this, Rich, with all of these guys who are great players but don't win titles. And then your career is always going to be, yeah, but. So he has to figure out if he wants to be Charles Barkley, who, one of the greatest players of all time, but he still has to go on TV every day and social media and hear people go, well, you never won a title, even mm-hmm. though he was as great of a player as there was. So Phil, Dame's just going to have to figure out what he wants his legacy to be. And if he wants to be that guy who stays with one team and right. rides and dies for Portland. And hey, man, that's respectful. But if you want to be considered one of the all-time greats and get a chip, I don't think you're in the right spot for it.
2: Yeah, like like Kevin Garnett. Like Kevin Garnett admits that, admits that he came to the realization a little bit too late. He should have dawned on him earlier in his career that, look, it's not working here. I'm not going to win here. I need to go somewhere else. He finally came to that, went to Boston, got his championship. And I think Dame needs to have that honest conversation with himself right now as well. Yeah. What podcast are we talking about here? The Rich Eisen Show Basketball Podcast now on our YouTube page with me, TJ, and Adam Chudwin in the back.
1: Ah, We're Going to talk ball every week. It's a fun time. I love the uh, the the uh, the logo. Smitch made me the, the running man. The uh, the logo of the of the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's
2: fantastic. <laughs> um, with the NBA colors, the red, white, and blue. I don't awesome. know what you're
1: talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? What colors? I don't know what colors you're talking about. Red,
2: white, blue? You don't
1: know red, No, I know red, white, and blue, but I don't know that, what it's associated with at all. What? You can't be associated with any of those no, associations? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> Guys. As someone said, do you, need, already, do, you need, do you need do you need do you need me to uh, I don't, I don't spell it know. out? for you? I think in
3: this case, yes, I might. Okay, yeah, we might need help. The most litigious people in
1: sports uh, are those who work for uh, a league. Oh. Oh, okay. okay. There's a reason why you're calling it the Rich Eisen Show, basketball podcast. Basketball podcast. Brandon, you know what I mean? So, we're going to talk basketball. That's who you're going to talk basketball. Which means what? You'll talk hoops. A lot of hoops. A lot of hoops. A lot of talking. A lot of hoops. <laughs> we got hoops. A lot of hoops. Okay. It's fun. So we, go, we, to, we our, get done. go yes, to our YouTube go to, page. go to Rich Eisen Show YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen And
2: as someone ball said ball in the comments, we'll never say anything nice about the Lakers. That's correct. Man. No, no, no. <laughs>
1: don't say that. I mean, don't yeah, I won't that. say that. I'll you never can't say, say that.
2: something nice because I don't know what might happen.
3: Like, <laughs> as of right
1: now, I'm not going to. Well, but means, you never say. Hey, Mike, as Coach Tomlin said, Never say you never. Never say never. Yeah. But no, no, no. You, you, but you're a cowboy fan. You should understand. Never say that's... never, but never. You should <laughs> never, you should never, uh, discount one team. You got to talk about the Lakers. Yeah. I just, I mean, you want people to listen to I mean, your that's podcast. you mean, the No, but he said we're never going to say
2: anything nice about them. Yeah. We'll talk about them. Yeah. I'll talk about them until I in the
1: face. I guess while we're on that subject matter, um, we'll talk. So, um, Marcus Freeman's going to join us from, uh, the Notre Dame University. Yeah, the Notre Dame. I mean, what do you? This is like the Ohio. I mean, what do we doing? Do you Notre clearly? Dame. You clearly don't know Notre your Dame. new coach's background, Mike. I haven't done a lot of research. Correct. <laughs> I haven't. haven't. Yeah, that's true. I just know you because no, you're such a diehard. just lost his fan. quarterback yesterday. You're such a diehard. You're such a diehard fan, Mike. I am. Marcus, Freeman went, Marcus Freeman went. Marcus Freeman went to the, the Ohio State University. Okay, I still like Marcus Freeman. No got his that. first major coaching gig as in, at Cincinnati because Luke Fickle hired him, and they probably knew each other from the Ohio State okay. University. Okay, still like. Him. So should I ask him? Should we call it the Notre Dame University? <laughs> Do I go there? Right? Do I go, look? Because he's been on other shows. I'm. I, I, I there, there's only. One fingerprint of this program that, you know, le- leaves an impact, and I think it's mine. <laughs> so the question is, is do I ask him also how many times, not if, how many times has he seen Rudy and hope the answer oh. is zero?
2: I mean, you could. I, yeah. Everyone, he, He's 35. He's seen Rudy multiple yeah, times. Yeah,
1: he's had to have seen Rudy. Multiple times. Multiple
2: yeah. times? Yeah. Multiple times. Really? Yeah. It's not that good a movie. He's
0: watched.
1: He's watched. I do know, Rich. Rich I, it, you're it, it, the only one that doesn't like you, it. You, yeah, you're. Yeah. You no, really no, are. no, that's not you, true. You, Rich, do you Rich. think he's got a call from Rudy? Do you think Rudy has called him? I, probably uh, not. The actual Rudy The actual Rudy? Uh, of I would course. say not yet. Well, no, that's not true. Well, they have a Rudy Day every year at no, no, I'm kidding. So the answer out. is he. The the answer is he's definitely um, heard from Rudy. I don't think so. Has he heard from somebody who doesn't like Rudy? Am I the first for him? There you go. Yeah, you might be. Right?
2: You're definitely going to be the
1: first. (laughs) Should I walk him through the beats? of the most unreal aspects of the film.
3: Unreal the director I, said it was right. he said to us no, it, was, it
1: was No, he said compared to Hoosiers, David Onspa directed both. More, yeah. He said it was uh it was like a Ken Burns documentary compared to that's, Hoosiers, that's, which was an the unkindest cut of all.
0: Man.
1: That That hurt. David Onspa, the that's director me. of both Hoosiers and Rudy, said that uh Angelo Pizzo who wrote the both films as well, went to Indiana to research for the film and called the director, David Onspa, and said, there's nothing here. It's a boring story. They just, it's just a small school, got together with a bunch of people play whose stories thing. don't really stand <laughs> out other than the fact that they won it all. That's the- it. And everything else was made up. Everything else was made up. Rudy got the acceptance so, letter. Did he? Went in. Worked did, in the, where, the steel
3: mill.
0: All that was true. Got right, carried off the field. We okay. have the picture let's we're showing st- you right now.
1: Let's take some phone calls. Hunter in Sun- uh, Sacramento, California here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Hunter?
0: How are y'all doing today?
1: I'm hanging yeah, in there. How are fun? you doing?
0: Good.
3: Um, so first, really excited about the Marcus Freeman interview. I'm really excited for him to take over Notre Dame. I do want to make a quick caveat on your part. I lived in Mishawaka, Indiana for about eight years uh-huh. back in the day. Yes. Throughout high school and elementary school, any of those days, or middle school, those days where you had, like, video days, Rudy was always on the menu. Yes. And I can't stand
2: that movie. Yeah. Probably one of the only yeah. people that
3: lived there that watched it. But
1: Hunter, you're a smart on man. On a daily basis. You're a smart yeah. man, Hunter. See, smart. there's another one. There's another one, folks. It's not just me.
3: And I live there, so okay. it's even worse, but I don't care. We watched it
1: too much. Okay. Thanks for the call, Hunter. Thank you. There's <laughs> Hunter in Cal- uh, sorry, okay, Sacramento. Uh, Rod Woodson is joining us next. Let's take a break. When we, when we come back, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Famer Rod Woodson will be here on the Rich Eisen show. Um, I wonder if he's seen Rudy. We know what the answer is. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about
2: This is the Rich Eisen show. Back
1: here on the Rich Eisen show, my pro football hall of fame friend, we have found him. He is here on the Rich Eisen show. He's Rod Watson. How are you doing, Rod?
0: Rich, I am doing fine. Let me let, listen. I heard your the little thing about Rudy. Yes. And I know Rudy lives in Vegas. I live in Vegas, so if you want me to help you out here, and
1: yes, Rudy's you know, pissed at me because I keep saying you know, that the movie's fake and he's and and it's. If, uh, if, if, it's, if, you, if it,
0: you want me to walk up to the door and ring the doorbell for you. I got Do, it. Yeah. Do it, Rod. You Do
1: know it. what, Rod? It's it's all coming up maze and blue these days, isn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> that it is. Right? Now, it's a true story that Bo recruited you, but he was way too intense for you. Isn't that not that a true story, Rod?
0: Right? No. No, not Bo. No. No, I met Bo for the first time at the Playboy All-American. Yes. Um, when they had that back in the day after my sophomore year at Purdue, I met Bo, talked to him, but he didn't recruit me for anything over there. Not at, not for, not going down there to Auburn.
1: Did Notre Dame ever recruit you, Ron? Did, they, they, they did.
0: They wanted me to take two AP courses my senior year, Rich. And I'm like, uh, that's okay. I, I like school, <laughs> but I don't like school that.
1: Much. <laughs> See the provost? They need, they needed you to get your, they needed you to get things up for you to be admitted to Notre Dame. Is that what you're saying? Right. The, they that's, need what, your grades? that's
0: what they wanted, but I'm like, you know what? I, I rather I rather go to Purdue. They, they're not asking me to take two AP courses. This
1: is great. Here's a great story too. I've heard this one. You told me this one. Indiana. How did Indiana? Why didn't you go to Indiana? Oh. Why, didn't, why didn't Mystery Indiana go to Miss to Indiana? This is great. This is great. Well, go for
0: it. So you know, Coach. Um, God, what's, God, what's I'm, no, I'm Cor- losing the Corso. Corso. He right. Lee. So Lee was so Lee was coaching. He was driving up to see me. He knocks on my door, and he tells me who he is, which I already knew he was. And then he told me that he heard that he was fired while he was driving to see me. And he, I'm telling you what to do was real, he's a great ambassador for Indiana University, University of Indiana, the Hoosiers, because he gave him a lot of love. And he still wanted me to go there. And I was like, Coach, they fired you over the radio. That's amazing. Like, if they fired you over the radio and you did all that for them, what would they do to me if I got hurt? What did he say? He really didn't have an answer for
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) And last one, though, Trump's it all, Arizona State. Tell me that one. you got to tell me the Arizona Uh, State story. Come on now. I mean, Arizona
0: State, you know, go there, they don't have a coach, and I can't remember the name of my host, but he was a tight end. And, you know, I'm a 17-year-old knucklehead kid from Indiana. I don't know who Gandhi is. I mean, I know Gandhi, but I really don't know what it is, right? So he was like, you want to go see Gandhi? And I'm like, Sure, the I movie. Guess, you know, the movie. The movie. The <laughs> movie. It's a three and a half hour movie with the intermission. Ooh. So we go at like five thirty or whatever it is. By the time it's over, it's 10 And he's like, well, "What do you want to do now?" I'm like, "Man, you can take me back to my room and tell your guys I'm going to Purdue." <laughs> <laughs> so one of
1: the greatest defensive backs in the history of football. I can call you that. You don't have to. You, we all know you are. Could have gone to Arizona State had the tight end who was in charge of your recruiting visit not said, let's go see a three and a half hour movie or any movie at all, right? Pretty much.
0: You know, because it was I'm glad he did because if I would have went to Arizona State, Rich, I don't know if you ever heard about me. I, I think I would have flunked out. You'd have been hooting with you know, the that's, owls? That's, is that what you're saying? Has, that's a that's a party university, right? So that was that was probably with the, the best thing I, the best decision I've made when I was a kid, is not to go to Arizona State.
1: Rod Woodson's recruiting story right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, Rod, let's jump into it. Yeah, um, do you think what, – what What do you make of the Steelers? What is going on? What 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 do you see That's when you true. watch this team right now, Rod?
0: Well, when their defense plays really well, they win. And, you know, people can always say they always want to give it back and go back to the the run game, and that is a part of it. Uh, and and I and I love what Mike Tomlin said this past week when uh, when Claypool wanted music, you know, and he was like, you know, the music we're going to be having is pop or pads popping. That's our music, and they really got back to that. They got back to the Steeler way of doing everything. The defense played extremely well. I mean, TJ Watt, if he doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year this year, you know, shame on all the voters. Um, he's played outstanding football, and then when they have a run game and ben don't, when he doesn't turn the ball over, they play decent football. And you know it'd be a great indication this week when they play Cleveland. Excuse me, when they got um, Minnesota, uh, the Vikings um, tomorrow night mm-hmm. to see if to see if they can beat a, a team that's not used to seeing. And that's what I want to see if, if they can be consistent. Yeah, they 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 put a couple games together uh, earlier in the year. But I, I just need to see if they can be consistent. If they can be consistent, you know, I don't know if they're the best team in the, you know, obviously Baltimore's the best team uh, in in the North, but, you know, they have an opportunity because I don't think there's a one great team in the AFC this year.
1: Yeah, Marlon Humphrey being knocked out. I mean, how many teams like the Ravens keep on taking the licks and keep on ticking, to use the old watch phrase, you know, but – um, that one, Marlon Humphrey, that one I th- genuinely concerns me. Do you think that would even you know that they, they say screw it, we're playing defense the way that we like to play it, uh, no matter sometimes down distance score, what have you. but do you think that one might actually cause the the Ravens to reconfigure a couple things? What do you think? I,
0: I think it will. Um, you know you, you got to understand also what you know what happened at the beginning of the year before the season even started. Uh, losing a uh, Marcus um, and the other starting corner on the other side, Marcus Peterson. And now you lose Humphreys. And I know Wink, Wink likes to show that look and bring pressure. And I mean, obviously, it impacted John Harbaugh's decision to go for two. Yes. Right? So, you know, is it going to be impactful for the rest of this year? I think it will if the coaches let it. You know, obviously, you know, you, you do have a 53-man roster. He is your best cornerback that plays for the Baltimore Ravens. But you got to hope that your young guys can play really good football enough for you. And then you got to hope that the offense kind of comes back around because they haven't played great. And, you know, outside of this past week, they were winning football games.
1: A few minutes left here with Rod Woodson, Pro Football Hall of Famer, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. I mean, you remember 2001 just coming off of the the win for the Ravens and then the Patriots started that kid Brady and then all of a sudden they caught fire towards the end of the season and nobody thought they could make the playoffs. They did. Nobody thought they could actually go deep in the playoffs. They did. Nobody thought they could win the Super Bowl. They did, even though nobody thought that they would uh, you know, try and win it in regulation and they did. And then suddenly the confetti's coming down. Do you think we're seeing the same thing again here with Mac Jones and the Pats, Rod? You, uh,
0: you know what? They they have played extremely well, and I, I, I love the way <laughs> Bill Belichick and, and McDaniel's had only three passes in the game this past week. Now, you know I, I think that shows us two things. They they understood the the climate they're playing in, and I don't know if they really trust. You know, a young quarterback like Jones to throw the ball in a wind like that. I mean, it was extremely windy where Josh Allen, who has a strong arm, it, it kinda, his, his balls were cutting through the wind. Um, but the, the biggest issue I have with that game, and I'll get back to your answer, sure. is like why did it take two and a half quarters for the Buffalo Bills to realize they're not throwing the football? I mean, listen, they're, they're not throwing the football. We can blitz some of these runs. And they finally figured that out, you know, probably midway through the third quarter that we're going to really load the box and bring our backers and our safeties down. Um, You know, but I I like Matt Jones. I like – he threw it. I think it was two weeks ago. He threw what we call a a chair seven. So the number three receiver ran a seven cut or, like, to the back pylon. He was a three-by-one. And he threw it before he broke. That's not normal, Rich. That's not normal to see a rookie quarterback throw the ball that early. They normally wait to see you get open, then they throw it in the ball too late, and it sails out of bounds. He's been throwing the ball and making throws like a veteran player, and that's what I like to see. And that gives me a lot of promise for the pass. You know, and I hear the, you know, the comparison of Tom Brady. Tom Brady one, he's he won quite a few Super Bowls, right? Yes, so this sir. Guy's pretty, pretty, pretty good. But I think what he has, and he's my, I think he's played better than Tom Brady coming into it his first year as a starter. You know, and, you know, because remember when Tom took over, their defense was lights out for New England. Mm-hmm. And their defense is good this year. But the way Jones has played this year, I think it's a little bit better than what Brady, when he started. Um, I like what they're doing. I just don't know if they can win. I mean, if they get home field advantage, it's going to be tough to play in New England late in the year, right, in January. We know that. But if they don't, um, I just don't know if they can beat the best teams, you know, for three rounds or two rounds and get to the Super Bowl.
1: Rod Woodson here on the Rich Eisen Show. Last one for you, Brady. Brady. Um, one Sports Person of the Year for Sports Illustrated last night, Rod. And the reason why I bring it up is there was a piece in an article that came out with the announcement in which this quote he said, and it kind of jumped out at me, and I'm wondering what you think about this. Your guy's been playing many, 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 played many years and wound up in the room where Brady's going to wind up with the same bust uh, in the same bust room as you. This is what he said, quote, I think if anything, the most challenging part he mentioned about playing right now is the emotional aspect of football for me. When we lose, it's depressing. When we win, it's a relief. It's not like the joy, the happiness. It's a relief because when we win, sometimes just winning isn't good enough for you. What do you think when you hear
0: that, Rod? Well, you know, he's – most guys like him. And, you know, I retired because I was tired of going through the rigors of having surgery and, and coming back from a surgery. He, he, it's his choice. He has a certain level of play that he wants to play, um, and he's rewarded by the win. And to me, it is emotionally draining to play that long. As long as he's played, I mean, it's, that's a long time. Um, I don't know how many more years he has. You know, I think if he plays, if they win again, they go back to back, I think he drops the mic and walks off. And he, he, gets a job, he gets a job with ESPN, NBC, CBS, somebody, right? And, and he's making a lot of money doing commentating. If he wants it. He doesn't need it, um, but if he wants it. So I, I, I give him, if, if they win this year, I think he drops the mic and I think he's done. To me, that language um, sounded
1: like that was the language of a coach that's just like the losing lasts so much longer than the wins do. And And I was kind of surprised to hear that. Does that sound like a guy who's thinking
0: about it to you? I think it, I think it does because right. it is draining. It's I mean to be to get emotionally jacked up, week in and week out for 21 years, Rich. I mean that is that's hard, and your kids are young. You want to be with your kids. You're trying to you know, hang around them. But he's going to put a lot of time in the off season again. Um, I, I think that's that's an indication where you know I, I think you can hear where it's kind of going because a young Tom Brady wouldn't say that, right? A, a guy that was 10 years into this thing or eight years into it or five years into it. He never said that, but the older Brady did. And I think that's indication of him maturing in his life. And he knows how taxing it is, you know, mentally week in and week out to get ready for that. And to go through those rigors uh, on game day. Um, And I, you know, he has that standard that he wants to play at. So I think if he really gets that win, um, you know, he, he's dropping the mic. And, yeah, it is taxing, even for coaches. Well, coaches, you know, it does mm-hmm. linger a little bit more um, when you do lose um, and you relieve when you do win. So, But Brady's been coaching for the last <laughs> 12 years, <laughs> 10 years. Point. Anyway, he's been the coach, right? I mean, he's been coaching his guys on the field. So he's been that coach.
1: Good point. Uh, he just
0: he, he technically doesn't have the title, but he's been that guy.
1: Rod Woodson uh, here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, For those listening to us right now, we're going to take a break. Marcus Freeman of Notre Dame football will be joining us. And Chris Brockman with the news updates. There's some Zion Williamson news and so much more. And then in hour number uh, three, um, Zachary Levi, who plays Kurt Warner in the new film about him, and Chandler Jones right here on the Rich Eisen Show.